And here we go with another edition of Coffee at the Cottage. Scott with you and uh, happy to, to bring along Emily as always to lead the conversation. Emily, how's it going? It's going very well and I'm just like kind of nervous about this guest. Ah, yes, I don't uh, usually get nervous at all. Now, by the way, everybody should go back and listen to all the other great episodes that uh, Emily uh, has, uh, including some other great guests yes. that you've had. But uh, today you have got uh, somebody on that burst onto the scene about uh, two, three years ago, has become a, uh, a regional celebrity, a nationally known name as well. And I think uh, coming back down, he, he's kept his, his local roots, which is outstanding. Uh, why don't you introduce the guest, and I think what's going to be a very enjoyable next uh, 30 minutes. Thank you, Scott. Well, my guest today is Chris Cruzy, and I am just thrilled. Um, I have to tell you a little bit. I even watched The Voice for a while, and I never vote for anyone, and I voted for you. <laughs> so, welcome, Chris. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it's my understanding you started singing and playing the guitar at six years old. Yeah, well, I started playing guitar at six, yeah. Okay. So, I was the... I was the ADD off the walls kid in kindergarten that was always, you know, distracting others. I can identify with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, all the teachers wanted to medicate me for ADHD and all that. And my dad was like, no way. Good for your and, dad. Um, he, you know, he saw that I was interested in guitar because he always had one. He played just a few chords around the campfire when we were kids. And uh, there's always, he always had a guitar like leaning in the corner of the basement. And I would always be over there just kind of fascinated with it. And so for my sixth birthday, they got me a guitar. And it just completely took over everything for me. Did you take lessons or self-taught? Yeah. or? So my dad showed me the three or four chords that he knew, maybe five. And um, he would put little stickers on the fretboard to oh, show me sweet. where my fingers would go. Oh, my goodness. And then um, after that, I just started listening. You know, he had a big box of cassette tapes. And so I just started listening to that stuff. And, like, of course, when I found, like, Leonard Skinner in there, it's all guitar-heavy music. And so I just started trying to play what they were playing, and I just kind of figured it out. So so what was your favorite song at that age? Oh, or man. Or what, what inspired you the most? I instantly know. And so I had... So we had one of those cool, like, double-deck tape players where you could play one and record on the other. Oh! You know? And so I would, I would, my mom got me like a blank tape from Walmart. And uh, so I would put, we had a Chuck Berry tape. And so Johnny Be Good, like that intro, Ooh, that guitar intro. Yep, yep. And um, so I played Johnny Be Good and I recorded that, that blank tape. I recorded it front to back with only Johnny Be Good. Oh my and God. So I would, and my dad had a Walkman. And so I would take my dad's oh, yeah. Walkman and I would, I would, put headphones on and ride bike or ride four-wheeler or anything that I was doing and I would listen to Johnny Be Good. Oh my gosh. All day. <laughs> so now today you're the biggest fan of who? Oh man, it's it's hard. Like there's so much music out there now. Yeah, there is. Um, it's random things that catch my ear on radio or, mm -hmm. you know, or I resort back to I've got uh Patsy Cline, Greatest Hits on vinyl in my studio, and that gets played just about daily. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, so let's just jump ahead a little bit to the voice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how does that work? 
did did you did someone reach out to you to ask you to to try out or whatever or did you do that on your own so some friends of mine kind of without me knowing sent in some videos to producers and then nothing really came of it and then i was i was playing a show in new auburn at a little bar i honestly can't remember the name of that's it. okay i don't think it's open anymore um but i was playing and my i had my phone like on my mic stand like to for lyrics and stuff um and all of a sudden my phone started ringing it was a california number and i was playing a show so i didn't answer it and after the show i got i had a voicemail and it was a producer from the voice inviting me out to be a part of the live auditions and Initially, my my initial thought was, well, I can't I can't do that because I mean you're out there. So what people don't see is that you know it starts airing. I can't remember if it airs in October or November mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe October through December it airs. So I had to fly, I flew out there June third. Oh and so, wow! Yeah, and so basically, and I had I had probably ninety shows booked for that summer, and I had to cancel every one of them, but I couldn't tell people why. Sure. You know, because we had a non-disclosure agreement right. that we had to sign before we could do anything, and so I've got all these all these bars and bar owners that have hired me for ten, fifteen years, and now I'm like, all right, I have to cancel everything I did for the summer, and they're like, well, what's going on? And I'm like, I can't say. Yeah. Not really easy to yeah. <laughs> explain, but um, they probably thought it was an illness. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, you're out there. You know, it's a lot of time in L.A. and at. Yeah. The other part of it is you're not getting paid. Oh, my and so, goodness. And like the bread and butter for my family yes. was me playing shows. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. I just had to cancel. Basically, so the three months of summer, I would make probably 75% of our annual joint income sure. for the year. Like that's – so to me, initially, I was like, well, that I can't do that. You yeah. know, we don't, have, we don't have the money saved to, sure. to survive sure. without it. And I, uh, I talked to some family and whatever and – talked to my wife and they all wanted me to do it really yeah, bad and yeah. somehow they convinced me that we would figure out a way to make it work and uh nice yeah we did i i you know this was probably in april of yeah i don't remember what year or whatever but uh in april of that year so i, I would fly out there in june but in april is when i found out that i was going to go and so i started booking as many shows as i possibly could from april to june absolutely and just saved as much money as we possibly could and we somehow survived it but um yeah so i mean the live shows are one thing but like the the blind auditions so i flew out there june 3rd and then i think the blind auditions weren't until like june 29th so you're out there for a month almost before you're really doing anything and so i was kind of like man what are we like i can't go home and play shows and come back when i'm needed and right nope they had to have you out there and so yeah that happened and then i got picked to be on team Blake. So the other, I'm going to kind of backtrack here. I'm probably sound like I'm rambling, but no, not at um, all. So the other part where I was like, I can't do that because there was quite a big risk. You're not guaranteed anything. Right. So you fly out there June 3rd. I canceled my whole summer, you know, most of our income for the year. And, um, there's 150 potential contestants out there and there's 48 spots on teams. Wow. And so, Pretty competitive. Oh, very competitive. I mean, it was all good camaraderie. Everyone right. was just like, well, whatever. You know, everyone there was really good. And um, But there's a, there's always a chance that those 48 spots on that team fill up before you even get to sing. So you may not even get to do your audition. And then your audition is what? 
A minute and a half? Yeah, a minute and a half. And I was on the last day. There was two spots left on teams. Oh, my. Blake had one spot, and Jennifer Hudson had one spot. They don't show that on TV, but um, Adam Lambert, Yep. his team was full, and Kelly Clarkson's team was full already. Wow. And so I got two chairs turned. Uh, yes. But yes. their teams were full. But, yeah, I get you know? that. Yeah. yeah. So that, that, was, that was the other scary I part. I mean. There was a lot of people I know that didn't even get to sing. Some of the best singers I've ever heard in my life that could sing circles around me and make me look like a fool. Wow. Didn't even get a chance. So so what went through your mind when those two chairs turned around? I Man, I don't It's such an adrenaline rush just oh. being up there. You know, you don't even know if you're going to get to sing. And then they call you. You have like, they're like, you're up. And I'm like, oh, let's go. You know, <laughs> we've, we've rehearsed with the band right. and everything. But um, yeah, it was kind of kind of crazy. Just it's all a blur, really. Yeah. I mean, one and a half minutes. Um, so Pride and Joy. Mm-hmm. And um, so how do you one and a half minutes just start singing from the beginning and then stop when your time's up? Well, they, we rehearsed it. And so, I mean, it was okay. you know, planned. We um, arranged the song where it would be about 90 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then you were chosen by? Blake. Blake yeah. Shelton. And how was he to work with? Super fun. I mean, the reality of it is when there's 48 people, you know, there's uh, 12 people per team. You don't yeah. get a ton of like one-on-one time. Right. Um, a little bit here and there. Um, but towards the end, once there started to be fewer and fewer people, like we got to spend a lot of time with them and like really work with them. Mm-hmm. You know, right away, they work with you as much as they can. But it's, sure. like, it's just like a teacher, you know, if they're going to have – 12 kids to work with or Correct. one kid to work with you know obviously when you're down to one kid you're going to get a lot more time right right and then it seems like um what does it mean to be saved by the coach uh, i they changed the rules so much and i haven't watched it since i actually didn't watch my season oh um just i don't know i i had never really done interviews before that and sure. i didn't really know how to do them i was nervous to talk and uh I just didn't want to watch it. I didn't sure. want to get it in my head. Yep. And um, so I don't like saved. There was um, so I got saved technically because we had like the battle rounds. I think it was um, or the knockouts. I can't remember what it was called. But you basically sing against another person, and the other guy that I was singing against is actually a friend of mine. I still talk to him. It's Michael Lee, and he's like this incredible Texas blues singer. Wow. Like he's like. Stevie Ray Vaughan reincarnated, you know? I mean, sure, he's just sure. incredible. I think he he tours with, like, the B.B. King band now. Oh, my goodness. Um, he's, yeah, he's unbelievably good. And he came out and did wow, a song called Whipping Post by the Allman Brothers. Just this huge southern rock, bluesy, huge song with electric guitars. And I went out there and sang a song called Burning House with literally just me and an acoustic guitar. Wow. And so, I mean, it was, like, polar opposites. But Blake... He had two spots or whatever, and so he he flipped a coin to see who would win, and Michael won, and he saved me right away. So, oh, yeah. that was... So he, he knew that he could keep us both. Right. Cool. That's really nice. Um, so then you were a runner-up, first runner-up. So what does that give you? Lots of TV time. <laughs> That's... Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I was on the one season where they didn't give out any prizes for the top four or anything. <laughs> they, you know, some years they give out a car, some years they 
give you all the stuff to build a home studio or wow we were on the we were on the year where they didn't they didn't give no you budget any. no and the winner gets a hundred thousand i think it? so yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't there another show that's a competitor don't they get like a million i think so yeah yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. i thought i was real but, surprised to see that yeah but really i mean if you think about it that hundred thousand dollar prize money i mean you're going to pay california state taxes you're going to pay federal taxes you're going to pay wisconsin state taxes sure. or wherever you're from right so i mean it, it really boils it's still a good chunk of money don't yeah. get me wrong but it's really, not the ninety thousand you could no, have made that summer no, or whatever yeah, it was <laughs> whatever it was yeah it's uh <laughs> it's just one of those things where like you have to go into that show like looking to build a career out of it and, right you know hopefully you know have a a record ready to release or something because basically what you're doing is a huge commercial and so if you don't have a product to sell when you're done then what are you doing good attitude yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I when I was reading about the voice I found kind of funny was that the judges pick your song mm-hmm. for you and then they could tell you that that song was not right for you yeah so you don't see a ton of that <laughs> on the voice um, the voice is like notoriously positive on TV. They don't do a lot of criticism. You know, they'll minor things they'll talk about. But yeah, on the other shows, you see that quite a bit. Right. Um, you know, it's interesting because everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Right. And as Scott said in the beginning is like you've stayed grounded. You've stayed stayed local. Was that, Did you find that hard? Uh, I think... I don't know if it was hard. It's just like with my management and booking agent stuff, we sat down and had a meeting and like literally wrote down like the biggest goals we have. And like, I mean, mine are, I've got a family and I'm not moving them around. And, um, Smart. I, I still go to Nashville quite a bit. I write songs down there. I record down there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you can do so much from home now. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got a studio at home with, fiber internet buried to it in the middle of nowhere on an old Amish farm like it's you can do anything from anywhere now sure and so it's a, a, a four hour trek for me to get to Nashville two hours to the airport and two hours in the air down there sure. you know it's it's not a big deal to go down there I right. just don't want to live there no no yeah you've you've got it made where you are yeah you know that's great um so now it seems like there was you have a relationship with Quick Trip. Mm-hmm. You know the little grocery store with the that um, also ga- sells gas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. tell me about that. We started working with them, you know, after I came off the Voice, just because like we had a good social media following and stuff. And I mean, it was like, I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna like work with a company if I don't if it's not like a good natural fit and sure. I'm like that's a no brainer. We go there all the time. Like yep. that's, it's just, it's you like know. a Wisconsin staple. It <laughs> is. Mean. It is. Uh, my sister-in-law said I would never move anywhere if they didn't have a quick trip. Yeah, there you you go. know? Um, now did you perform overseas? Yeah. I've, I've been lucky to do that a lot. Good for um, you. Where have you gone? Well, I've gone, all over the Middle East and in Africa and the Bahamas and Central America, a little bit of South America and um, just kind of all over the place. Uh, it was an opportunity that came up long before I was on The Voice. Um, 
And so I, I went overseas, I think, the first time in 2015. And where did you go? That one we went to Doha, Qatar, or Qatar, they call it. Yep, yep. Um, and my Wisconsin voice wants to say Qatar. Hey, so, it's all good. Yeah. You say whatever um, you want. Potato, potato, or my, tomato, tomato. That was actually my first time on an airplane. Oh. It was to the Middle East. Really? Uh, actually, Southeast Asia, technically, because it's far So did over. you, like, perform for the troops? Yep. Or? Yep. We uh, have gone to a bunch of air bases and um, Navy bases. Um, tons of fun. Some really big, huge, like, cities that are basically, uh, like, the bases are so big, they're basically like a city. Um and, and so where I'm, was that? That's it, that first one that oh, I went to in Qatar. Okay. It's a huge base. I mean, I think there's like 15,000 troops or something. Sure. Um, it's right in the Persian Gulf. It's a beautiful area. I'll I mean, it's, it's 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 a lot like Dubai. It's like white sand and million-dollar cars driving around, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Not that, you don't see those in Menominee, no, Wisconsin, or Shatakar, right? You don't see a lot of Bugattis <laughs> Right, in right. But yeah, so that one is really cool. We've also been to a lot of bases that are literally tent cities, like just uh, canvas tents with barbed wire fence around them. That's, wow. That's all it is. So how did you feel about doing those? I jumped at the chance to do it. I've always wanted to. Um, I've had some, I've just seen so many other bands go do that. And it's like such a cool way to It is do some small thing for the military, like bring them an hour and a half of entertainment in a crappy area of the world. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Fun. I admire that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you want to tell us about yourself? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> That's always a hard one. Um, it's always hard for me to do that. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what people don't know or what they do. Um, well, let's just say no one knows anything about you. Well, from Barron, Wisconsin, born and raised. Um, still live in the area, play music full time. Been doing it, you know. I started playing in the bars when I was thirteen. Um, yeah. Bet your parents accompanied you. Didn't they did. <laughs> they did accompany for a lot of years. Yeah. Um, until I was eighteen, they had to come to mm -hmm. everything because once you're eighteen, you can technically work in a bar. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I I went to college for audio production engineering out in Minneapolis for a couple of years. And um, after that, you know, those those pesky student loans kick in. Yeah. You got to start making some money. So I got a job working for a guy that I grew up, I grew up going to church with him and playing on like the worship band with sure. him and stuff. And he had a concrete company. And he did me a favor, gave me a job, and I was terrible at it. <laughs> hey. um, it, was, it was tough work. But yeah. um did that for a while, and that was probably like the best motivator for me to like take this music thing to the next level because sure. what I did like during that time before I was done with that job, it was just a temporary like summertime job. Um, but I went to Walmart and bought one of those big giant paper calendars and I would every morning I would get up, I would have my coffee and I'd grab my computer and I would Google live music, Wisconsin and whatever came up on Google, I would cold call every single place. And, that was uh, ambitious. Yep. Every single place I would I had a list of probably 150 different bars and I did that in that first year that I really pushed it hard like that. I think I did about 220 shows. That's got to be exhausting. It is. Yeah. I got to the point where I was doing the most I ever did was about 275. Wow. And uh, it's way too much. Yeah. It turns into not fun anymore. I was yeah. to the point where I would play, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, two shows on Saturday and two shows on Sunday every week. 
Uh-huh. And it got to the point where Monday and Tuesday, when I should be like in my free time, like wanting to grab a guitar and write some songs, I just didn't even want to touch it anymore. So it was it was way too much. But I did that for about seven years, that at about two hundred fifty to two hundred seventy five shows. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I want to go back to Quick Trip. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but um, you're performing performing July 22nd. I know you're aware yeah. of that. July 22nd at Wilson Park yeah. in Menominee. And we're extremely excited about having you yeah. perform. But um, I want to tell you that Quick Trip is sponsoring you. Nice. That's they are awesome. paying for paying the bill. Awesome. Good I know. Deal. I know. Isn't that fabulous? That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's Let's Paint the Town. And I, I, I know you have a family. Yeah. And it's all the whole community event is really about family. So grab your wife and come early. There's tons of things for kids to do. Yeah. Um, just put your hair up in a cap and put sunglasses on and no one will even recognize (laughs) you, (laughs) but that would be kind of fun for them. And there's stuff going on all day long. Very cool. Yeah. 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 The kids always, they like when there's stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, so what kind of songs do you write? I mean, primarily they come out pretty, (laughs) pretty country. I mean, it's just. You write about your life, you know, and uh, sometimes, you know, you write songs about fictional stories and stuff, you know, which is, it's kind of, it just depends on, I, I always write with other people. I don't okay. write a lot by myself. Okay. And so, you know, sometimes I'll come in with an idea or sometimes someone else will come in with an idea and we go with it. And So have you sold any of your songs or do you perform them yourself? Um, I perform them myself. Okay. Okay. Um. But I certainly would. If, right, if, right. If, uh, you know, if, if Luke Combs wanted to record one of my songs, I would say absolutely. Would that be fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there's, you know, there's there's plenty of people that that's what, all they do. You know, a, a guy like um, Chris Stapleton is a really good example. You know, Chris Stapleton came, like, big time on the scene. I think it was, like, 2016, maybe, that he, like, got recognized at the CMAs and all that. Sure. Um but prior to that, he's been writing songs forever. I mean, he wrote Garth Brooks songs and he oh wrote goodness. Josh Turner songs. I mean, he, if you ever go online and look up like songs that Chris Stapleton has written, and I, I, he's over 30 number one songs for other people before anyone knew who he was. Oh my gosh. And that's a very lucrative thing to do. And that, too. yeah, that pays the bills. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how would you go about, do you send the lyrics or? Uh, well, it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of an expensive game. Everything in Nashville is expensive. I bet. Um, so if you're a songwriter, like a, a guy like Chris Stapleton, but if you're if you're an, I won't say like Chris Stapleton because that's like the top tier of songwriting. Sure. So if you're an independent songwriter, like I am, so you if you want to demo your songs, if you want to pitch your songs to anyone, you've got to have it professionally recorded in a studio as a demo. If it's not, they won't even look at it. Oh my goodness. And, couple thousand bucks a song probably but then like a guy like chris stapleton and lots of other people they get what's called a publishing deal and so they'll work for a company like sony or warner brothers and they're just they're songwriters for sony or warner brothers and so warner brothers or sony will foot the bill for those demo tracks and then of course you know they usually get pitched in-house to other people on their label sure now 
do you have a lot of bookings between now and our show? A July? lot, yes. Yeah. So uh, do you have to travel a lot, I'm sure? Yeah, I mean, some of it's some of it's traveling. A lot of it's, you know, within four or five hours of home. That's kind of nice because yeah. then you can get home. If I'm within four or five hours of home, I'm going to drive home. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I get that totally. Yeah. Um, so you have a manager. Yeah. Does your manager market you or how oh, is yeah, that? Yeah, we all kind of work together on it. Yeah. Okay, okay, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so where where um, do we find your schedule? So if you, it's chriscruzymusic.com. Okay, okay. Um, I got to tell you a funny yeah. story. Yeah. Yesterday I was on my computer in my office and I Googled Chris Cruzy and I'm trying to find some things about you. And all of a sudden I have this virus. And I know enough about computers that I Uh-oh. don't touch it, okay? So I sent my computer down to 24-7, Jesse, and um, I go on another computer, the same thing happens. Uh-oh. So it's just hilarious. I, I'm afraid to type in Chris Cruz. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but anyway, they're being repaired and everything, but I thought nice. that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, but I've got uh, my whole schedules on my website. You know, some of the dates aren't posted super far out. Sure, um, but that makes total we, sense. We update it all the time. It's uh, now in the past you've yeah. um, performed at like the f- local fests. Yeah. Um, are you doing that this year, or yeah? Yeah, we, yeah, we've got we've got a bunch of festivals booked this year, and you know, some big festivals, and then some are, you know, county fairs and sure. Um, town festivals like street dances i mean it's all durand i know you yeah, have yeah Durand fun fest is yeah i mean that kind of, i love that kind of stuff yeah yeah it's super fun and uh you know right when i came off that first year that we toured like we called it the small town strong tour and like the the one of the big motivators for that was i remember being a kid and like hearing ads on the radio for concerts going on in eau claire or minneapolis sure, and like, absolutely barren wisconsin like mom and dad worked 60 hours a week like we weren't we didn't get to go to that stuff and so it was like let's go to these small towns like there's a there's a lot of untapped markets in like these small towns like go play in them it's fun right, right. yeah i like that i i think that just says a lot about you sticking around here yeah. and not going big city and you know um you appreciate that um now there's is it Summerfest that's around here? Summerfest or? is down in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's um Jimmy Buffett doesn't oh, perform okay. down there. He or something? could, yeah. They have a lot of big names know. down there. Yeah. I went down there just as a spectator when I right graduated from high school and uh, we saw like Keith Urban and Bon Jovi. I mean they have all kinds of big sure. big names down there. Sure, sure. Yeah. So what do you what would you like to say to the listeners? Thanks for listening. Um, follow me on Instagram, Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter, but I'm going to level with you. I have no clue how to use it. Um, yeah, just stay tuned and uh, watch the schedule. Come out to some shows, recording new music this spring and summer, and um, a lot of lot of fun is going to be going on. Great. Um, do you prefer to perform with your band or solo? I like both. Um with the band is is a ton of fun, you know. It's always 
like we're getting we're going into rehearsals this week and because we haven't played this year at all as a band uh-huh. it's winter time there's not a lot going on i sure. do a lot of solo shows and private shows in the winter time and um it's always fun to get the band back together and get out there and do it and you know when we go into the summer if we do like five full band shows in a row and then i have an acoustic show it's kind of it's kind of nice to switch it up once in a while yeah yeah our show for july 22nd yep, it's just me it looks it's like. just you yeah. and i'm really looking forward to that as a matter of fact the mayor and a friend is building a special stage oh, very cool. so you can be out in the cot out in the with the um people farther very cool yeah um and so yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun and those the, the fun part about the solo shows is that I don't have to, like, stick to a set list. I can kind of read the crowd, and it's fun. It's a little more storytellers, and nice. it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. And yeah. I can't thank you enough for being here. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Okay, thanks. Yeah.